0: This is a story that has all the ingredients of a Hollywood thriller, including high-tech espionage, communist villains, and American military heroes captured and subjected to brutal torture for months on end. But this is no Hollywood movie. It's the true story of the USS Pueblo and her brave crew of 83 mariners. I'm Oliver North. And in this podcast, you'll hear about an incident that began in January 1968 and still resonates to this very day. The USS Pueblo, an American surveillance vessel, was on her maiden voyage under orders to gather intelligence on North Korea. But the North Koreans had other plans. For the first time in some 150 years, an American Navy ship was seized in international waters. The astonishing action nearly brought the United States to the brink of war and the staggering intelligence loss from the ship's capture compromised national security for nearly two decades. Hear from the men who endured 11 months of brutal captivity, including the ship's commander, Lloyd Peak Bucher, who returned home only to face a court-martial. The end of this story has yet to be written. The North Koreans continue to hold the ship captive and now use it as a propaganda tourist attraction. Good evening. I'm Oliver North. Welcome to War Stories. Tonight, a story that has all the ingredients of a Hollywood thriller. High-tech espionage, communist villains, American military heroes captured and subjected to brutal torture for months on end, only to return home to far less than a hero's welcome. But this is no Hollywood movie. This is the true story of the USS Pueblo and her brave crew of 83. It's an astonishing tale of miscalculation and mistakes that could have triggered a war, and it's the story of a staggering intelligence loss that compromised American security for nearly two decades. Plus, as you'll discover tonight, it's a story for which the ending has yet to be written. It was 1967, a time of the new Lucy Show and The Flying Nun on TV. British import Twiggy arrived to set the style agenda for women. Meanwhile, psychedelic rock was dominating the airwaves. It was also a time of war. In Vietnam, more than 500,000 American boys were fighting and dying as other Americans watched nightly at home on TV. And then, there was the Cold War against the Communist Soviet Union. It was just five years after the Cuban Missile Crisis nearly triggered a nuclear holocaust. This urgent transformation of Cuba into an important strategic base constitutes
1: an explicit threat to the peace and security of all the Americans.
0: At a shipyard in Bremerton, Washington, a small, aging transport ship called the Pueblo was being refitted for a top-secret operation codenamed Click Beetle. With her sister ships, the Palm Beach and the Banner, she would spy on the Soviets and their satellites.
2: But the Pueblo was more a tub than a ship. I knew this, it was flat-bottomed, and I knew that it was a hard-riding ship.
0: Her commander was 40-year-old Lloyd Bucher, known to his friends as Pete. He grew up an orphan, ending up at Father Flanagan's Boys Town in Nebraska, where he played football and dreamed of commanding a submarine. What did you think when, instead of getting command of a submarine, you were told to command this vessel?
2: Well, I sort of thought
3: I was getting screwed, if you want to know the truth. The tide was out when we went to see the ship, so we had to look over the edge of the pier uh, to see the thing.
0: 25-year-old seaman Stu Russell had exactly the same impression the day he reported to the ship.
3: We're screwed. You know, just uh, 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 a terrible feeling. At just 176 feet, Pueblo
0: was among the smallest ships in the U.S. Navy. Compared to the 1,100-foot carrier Enterprise, she looked like a dinghy. She was designed for a crew of about 30 when she was built as a freighter for the Army in 1944, but now 83 people would be crammed aboard.
3: It was extremely crowded. Uh, in the berthing space I was in, we had uh, eight bunks, four on each side, with about two and a half feet in between them. Russell slept just above another seaman, 21-year-old Dwayne Hodges from Cresswell, Oregon. Dwayne was on the bottom. and. Uh, I think almost every morning I would kick Dwayne in the head as he stood up.
0: The Navy had been using combat ships to gather intelligence, but they drew too much attention from the enemy. It
4: ended up that they decided to use these beaten down, rusted old ships.
0: Mitch Lerner's an expert on American intelligence activities and the Cold
4: War. He spent years researching
0: the Pueblo incident and is the author of a forthcoming book about it.
4: The assumption was that these things were so small and in some cases so dilapidated that no one would find them threatening.
0: The intelligence collection space was built in a new section of the ship called the Special Operations Department Hut or SOD Hut. The SOD Hut was configured to... Uh, conduct electronic
1: intercept of any electromagnetic transmissions, whether it be radio, radar, anything
3: electronic. If the door was open, we were supposed to look the other way and not, uh, not even look in the room. It was kind of like Alice in Wonderland through the, through the looking glass. It was
0: filled with the latest surveillance gear, but workers had made a serious error, installing most of it in the wrong positions. The example we often use is you'd have to, to tune a receiver with your hand
1: and start a recorder with your foot and, and reach across the room to write something down.
0: 30-year-old Lieutenant Stephen Harris would head up the intelligence operation on board. This would not be the only problem he and Booker faced.
4: There was, for example, no destruct system, no way that the ship could quickly destroy itself in case of crisis.
0: Were you given any instructions or any capability of sinking that ship?
2: No, sir, we weren't. I wrote a letter before we ever left from the United States asking for a destruct system where we could uh, uh, install some sort of explosive devices. I was turned down for that because of lack of, lack of funds.
4: And there was no incinerator to destroy classified materials.
2: All the Navy gave me was a cut-in-half 50-gallon oil drum l- welded to the fan tail.
1: There was an incinerator that we had. Um But that was only for routine destruction of materials. It could not handle the kind of load that
0: that we had. The intelligence agencies had crammed Pueblo with over a ton of classified paperwork, most of which wasn't needed. Then there was the question of weapons. In June of 67, the Arab-Israeli Six-Day War raged in the Middle East. The US intelligence ship Liberty was attacked by Israeli jets and gunboats. 34 Americans died. And 177 were wounded. Afterward, the Navy decided to arm the Pueblo, but gave her just two barely functioning 50 caliber machine guns.
3: As I understand it, the guns had been surplused by the Marines from Vietnam. They were they were worn out, they were they were in horrible condition. Our gunners mate did not know how to operate them.
4: And despite the Navy's claim, they couldn't hit a target from 50 yards away.
3: I remember on a couple occasions that they would throw a fifty gallon drum off the ship and uh, they would fire at it. The, uh, the bursts were extremely short, I think like less than 10 rounds and then they would jam. They, they never did sink the, uh, the drum and as one of the jokes is if anybody sends a 50 gallon drum out after us, we're dead.
0: In addition, the crew received almost no training for their mission, in part because they were so secret, almost no one in the Navy
3: knew what their mission was. We weren't sure where we were going, but we had been told it was going to be safe. What they did not
0: know was that communist North Korea, not Russia, would be their destination, and it would be anything but safe. So we we faced this situation,
1: uh, all of us, untrained, unexpected, and just cold, you know.
0: Despite their best efforts, the crew of the Pueblo wasn't prepared for the dangers they were going to face. It had been more than 150 years since an American naval vessel was seized by a foreign power on the high seas. But that was about to change. Next on War Stories.
5: Unconcerned about human lives, the communist commissars are sacrificing thousands of their dupes for small inconsequential gains just to save face. The Korean War killed some 4 million
0: people, including 54,000 Americans, before a ceasefire was declared in July of 1953. Fifteen years later, the North still harbored great hatred for America and South Korea. By early 1968, With the U.S. embroiled in Vietnam, the North was again regularly attacking the South. Between
4: January 1st and about January 20th, there's roughly 20 to 30 military incidents on the Korean border. It should have been pretty obvious that things were getting pretty nasty.
0: Washington was well aware of the situation, but still decided to send the Pueblo to North Korea. We received a message from... NSA and North Korea. Are these guys nuts? Why are we going there? The Pueblo answered to two command authorities, the NSA, the National Security Agency, and Naval Intelligence. The NSA prides itself on being the world's most secret and effective intelligence agency. But the two sides clashed over the Pueblo. The NSA warned the Navy it might be wrong to classify the mission as minimal risk, which meant no forces would be made available
4: to defend Pueblo yet the warnings went ignored, they were lost. Early
0: January 1968, the Pueblo arrived in Yokosuka, Japan, to pick up some additional crew. 24-year-old Marine Sergeant Robert Chika would serve as one of the two Korean translators. 32-year-old Chief Petty Officer James Kell was to help run the intelligence operation.
6: We all were on there for one trip, which lasted a very long time.
0: Spirits were high in port as Booker celebrated his promotion to commander. There
5: was a,
6: uh,
5: some sort of a party uh, that evening. I think it was the last evening before they got underway. William Owens was an officer
0: aboard the submarine Sea Dragon. Twenty-eight at the time, he would later become vice chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff.
5: He had just made commander and he was the captain of a ship. And so, you know, it was in that uh, context that I was there. The next
0: morning, January 5th, the Pueblo set sail on its first and last mission. Over the ship's loudspeakers, Duker played Herb
3: Alpert's "The Lonely Bull."
2: I happen to think it was a great song, and I adopted it as our theme song.
3: We had a record player on board, and every time we pulled out of port or pulled into port, uh, we would play that over the uh, PA system.
0: Before long, Pueblo ran into a fierce winter
3: storm. The ship was rocking and rolling. Uh, Almost everybody was sick. So the quality of the intelligence is
2: high, low? Our intelligence was uh, nil.
0: Over the next two weeks, the Pueblo sailed north toward the Soviet naval base at Vladivostok, then back south along the Korean coast. Meanwhile, on January 22nd, there'd been a dramatic escalation in the violence on the Korean peninsula. North Korean infiltrators had tried to assassinate South Korean President Park Chung-hee. They were stopped in a furious firefight in downtown Seoul. The raid made headlines around the world, yet nobody thought to inform the Pueblo of the North Korean attack.
2: All we got was the National Basketball League uh, uh, scores for the day.
0: That same day, North Korean trawlers approached the Pueblo and withdrew. The next morning, January 23rd, the Pueblo was transmitting a routine coded report when a North Korean subchaser was spotted racing towards her.
1: We noticed the guys were all in battle dress, so I said to the skipper, we'll keep the lines open just in case something strange happens here. And,
3: and then the torpedo boats started coming out. They were, they were moving flat out and they were shooting up a rooster tail behind them maybe 30, 40 feet in the air.
0: Eventually, there were four torpedo boats, two subchasers, and MiG fighters threatening the ship. You're in international waters. Yes, sir. Commander, you try to, to get underway, try to turn back toward Japan. What happens?
2: And We're heading out to sea in toward the in deeper end of the sea of Japan. And all of a sudden, they, we were under fire. A cannon shell from the subchaser ripped through the flying bridge
3: as the torpedo boat's machine guns opened up. You can hear the shrapnel zinging around inside there and uh, smell the uh, the, the, the powder fumes. At that point, it it went from being uh, something scary to uh, to, to totally uh, fearful. Meanwhile, the Pueblo was sending frantic
0: messages for help. Below, the men had already begun smashing the secret equipment and trying to destroy the classified documents. Lacking proper equipment for destruction, they began to burn the materials in trash cans.
1: The place was uh, filled with smoke
6: uh, during the destruction process. The only place you could get a breath of fresh air from all that smoke was if you just lay down on the deck, about the bottom two inches off the deck.
0: Young Dwayne
7: Hodges quickly volunteered to help. Dwayne Hodges uh, really kind of saved my life. He, uh, we were burning in the back there, and uh,
1: he had no business being there. He probably didn't even know what our mission was out there because we kept things so,
7: so classified. But he was around and he was helping. He had finished burning what he had in his hands and, and turned around to get some more off the pile behind us. And at that instant, uh, the big shell started coming through the side of the ship and literally blew him apart. Hodges was dying. Bob Chica and two others were also hit.
0: The North Koreans closed in on the pueblo. It was clear they meant to seize her, and the crew prepared
6: for the worst. I was prepared to die. I mean, as a military man, when you sign your oath, you don't get a guarantee of life forever.
0: With only two small guns, just like this one, the Pueblo skipper faces a stark choice. Sacrifice the lives of his crew or become a pawn of the North Korean's communist propaganda machine. That's next on War Stories. Some birds winging your way, that was the message to the Pueblo as she tried to hold her own against overwhelming odds, but in fact, no help was coming. One crewman was dying, others were wounded. The skipper was facing a desperate situation.
2: We're totally under attack. Our two 50 caliber machine guns are covered with tarps that are frozen. They're totally exposed. And no person could have stood there or could even tried to get to the guns without being gunned down.
0: Booker decided he had no choice but to surrender his ship. How much time has passed from the moment when you were first engaged to the point where they have seized the vessel?
2: I'd say about two and a half hours altogether. And no, no. Air
0: Force or Navy or Marine aircraft. Not
2: one, not one ship or plane showed up. The Enterprise was uh, right down in Tsushima Strait.
0: The Enterprise, the world's largest aircraft carrier, was about 500 miles south of the Pueblo, but wasn't told to help. Meanwhile, on Pueblo, an armed party of North Koreans had boarded and was tying up the crew.
3: I thought that uh, at that point, they were just gonna kill us and toss our bodies over the side.
0: But the North Koreans took the ship into the port of Wonsan, the target of a major American assault during the Korean War. Its people now humiliated the Pueblo crew.
3: You can see the bright uh, floodlights through the blindfolds with with people yelling and screaming. We were being led
6: through this gauntlet uh, and people swinging out and yelling at us and all that. And I think we were
3: beaten by the soldiers to placate the crowd. All we wanted to see was the first flash of the nuclear
6: weapon. Just see the first flash and we'd have been obliterated too but uh, you know that's that's our job but we were looking for that flash that never came
0: word of the capture had reached the White House where it was the middle of the night President Johnson was awakened but lacking details he ordered no action
6: Crisis in Korea
8: and then he said uh, a US Navy ship has been illegally seized by North Korea and then he said the name of the ship is the USS Pueblo and that got my attention real quick.
0: In San Diego Booker's wife Rose heard the shocking news from a report on TV that morning after and you see that
8: on television what you do? First thing I did was call my mother back in Jefferson City, Missouri where I'm from and talked to her and she gave me some words of condolence and said we just have to turn it over to God and we have to pray
0: The North Koreans took the men of the Pueblo to a makeshift prison and quickly began to
7: brutalize them. Fist, rifle butt pieces of wood, anything they had handy.
6: Well, we all we all got beaten. Uh, we had to sit at detention for
3: 16 hours a day. I was in such a state of shock, I really didn't feel that much. Just sort of work
7: you over till you did what they want or you
3: passed out or
7: something. And they showed me a uh,
2: someone that they described as a South Korean spy and he, was, he had been pretty severely tortured. He had a, uh, a compound fracture in one arm and uh, he had an eye that was put out. They said, this is what we do to spies.
0: They wanted Booker to confess to violating their territorial waters, something he did not do. Then they brought the two youngest crewmen to him.
2: They said that uh, they would commence uh, to shoot these people, uh, to kill these people, until such time as I was willing to sign this thing. And it didn't take me long to decide that uh, these people are crazy enough to do that.
0: Commander Booker signed to save his crew
2: and read it into a microphone. To my mind, it was the deepest intrusion I had ever made into the waters of the Democratic People's Republic of Korea. And I tried to disguise my voice so that it would be, it would sound as though I was uh, doped or something uh, analogous to that. Uh, to uh, make sure that people in this country, once they heard that confession or in our government, would understand that I wasn't doing this except under heavy duress.
0: Days of captivity soon turned into weeks and months. For the Pueblo's crew, it was
7: hours and hours of boredom, uh, uh, punctuated by moments of stark terror.
0: As the months drag on, the skipper's determined wife goes public to prod the White House into action and another housewife becomes the unlikely source of a solution to the crisis. That and more next on War Stories. This week, the North Koreans committed
6: yet another wanton and aggressive act by seizing an American ship and its crew in international waters.
0: Stunned by the Pueblo's seizure, President Johnson ordered the high-flying SR-71 Blackbird reconnaissance plane to Korea. The mission? To locate the exact position of the ship and
4: crew. Immediately, there were demands for a military response.
0: The Air Force began a massive airlift. More than 8,000 men, hundreds of aircraft, and millions of pounds of bombs were flown into the region in an operation codenamed Combat Fox. Meanwhile, a top-secret
4: rescue mission was being planned using four Navy destroyers. They were going to send three charging into one son while the others laid down a covering fire. The USS Enterprise, the aircraft carrier, was in the area, and they would launch planes in support of the mission. But the White House, already
0: mired in Vietnam, feared starting another war. President Johnson canceled the plan.
4: The Johnson administration looked to diplomatic measures as soon as it was decided that there was no military response that could have freed them or could have had any impact on on the loss of the ship itself.
0: The two sides began tense negotiations across a table in the Korean DMZ. North Korea claimed the U.S. violated its territorial waters and demanded an apology. The U.S. flatly refused. Really,
4: the bottom line was North Korea wasn't going to release the men until they had exhausted every drop of propaganda they could at home from the capture of the ship.
1: i cannot continue supporting the policy of antagonizing innocent people such as the korean people therefore it will be necessary for me to leave the u.s navy and pursue a peaceful career
0: the men were being used as propaganda by the north koreans in a cruel attempt to show the superiority of their way of life
1: i think our feelings since we have been here have been
2: changed thoroughly i would like to say that I have been deeply impressed by the gentleness of the officers whom I have met here. Of course, in reality, almost every man in the crew had been severely beaten over a period of time, and many frequently. There were a lot of uh, uh, kicked out teeth. I had a few myself. You had uh, a lot of broken, uh, broken bones, ribs, and jaws. They
7: struggled to live on a meager diet. Two or three little strips of turnip in in a little bit of a a turnip juice. They were sort of cut up like large french fries and fried in about 30 weight
3: motor oil. I took the inside wrapper of a cigarette pack and drew a hamburger on it and I'd carry that in my pocket and show it to other guys.
7: We were always hungry.
3: The North Koreans used the men to
0: try to tell a different story. Seaman Wasser says the meals you
1: receive here are adequate in both quantity and quality.
7: Sergeant Chica, Research Department. I would like to take this opportunity to thank the people and the government of the Democratic People's Republic of Korea for their humanitarian treatment, which made my recovery possible.
0: In fact, several months after suffering a severe leg wound, Bob Chica was finally operated on
7: with vocal anesthetic. No anesthetic at all. Uh, One night they pulled several tables out of uh, some of the cells, had me throw my bedding over it and, and just cut out this piece of metal and sewed me up. and um, <clears throat> Two stitches, hemp rope, and then gave me my bloody sheet and sent me back to the cell.
0: And when the North Koreans showed off the captured documents from the Pueblo, it was clear the intelligence loss was
4: staggering. The Johnson administration put a great public face on the loss, claiming that in public that it wasn't a big deal. Behind the scenes, though, they knew otherwise.
0: Among the documents lost the electronic order of battle, charts showing locations of enemy radar and other military installations. Now the North Koreans and the Soviets knew exactly what we knew of their defenses, greatly endangering U.S. military forces in those regions.
4: There were a number of top-secret machines that were lost in the attack on the Pueblo.
0: The most important loss may have been the KW-7 encryption equipment
4: the state-of-the-art communications and radio uh, machine that was used in the Navy. Virtually all top-secret information was sent by the KW-7.
0: Anything typed in it would appear in
4: constantly shifting jumbled letters. So the only way to decipher a message sent this way was by using a specific key list that would be inserted into the machine that the National Security Agency would produce.
0: The Navy changed the key list after the capture to limit damage. But what they didn't know at the time and wouldn't know for years, was that there was a traitor in their ranks, selling all the new key lists to the Soviets.
4: The Soviet Union now had access, or anyone now had access, to top-secret American messages.
0: The negotiations were going nowhere, and with Vietnam on the front pages and on TV every night, the Pueblo was fading from public view. How long did it take before you said, I've got to take some, some of this into my own hands? Uh, perhaps a month. What kind of response did you get from official Washington? Folks at the Pentagon, the State Department, the White House. There
8: was a a particular captain that uh, told me that I should just sit back and wait and sit in my rocking chair and uh, they were going to take care of things. So he and I just just didn't get along that well. I didn't get that much response from official Washington
0: Rose Booker, the once shy Navy wife, now started making public appearances to pressure the administration. Listening to a speaker at one appearance,
8: she got an idea. He said, well, we have to, re- you know, we had remember the Maine, we had remember Pearl Harbor, now we have to remember the Pueblo. And I thought, oh, a light bulb went off, you know. And uh, I kind of conceived this idea of, of a bumper sticker.
0: The skipper's wife even appeared on programs like the Mike Douglas Show. And after months without word on the fate of her husband and the rest of the crew, she demanded a meeting with the Secretary of State, Dean Rusk.
8: I just wanted to know if they were dead or alive. You know, any any POW MIA family will tell you it's the not knowing that's the most difficult thing to live with.
0: Rose, there's a story that circulates around Washington about that meeting along the lines that you walked around Dean Russ's desk and basically chased him around the desk.
8: Well, I think it kind of went that way. I guess I was, I was very demanding, I suppose, at this point and very frustrated because nobody was telling me anything. And I just walked over and I want to know.
0: Tell we me something. You kept backing
8: up. <laughs> yes, yes.
0: <laughs> Meanwhile, back in Korea, some of the men
3: were wondering if they'd ever see home again. With each passing day, it looked like her. I remember I took some uh, solace in the fact that I'm going to die eventually. They can't keep me here forever. I'll get out one way or another. The suffering men of the
0: Pueblo, battered and bruised, finally come home to face yet another ordeal, this time in a Navy courtroom. That's next on War Stories.
6: There was no way they were going to beat me. They, were they could take my body wouldn't do what they wanted, but they weren't going to get my mind.
0: It was now late fall. Each of the men had now
7: found his own way to keep from succumbing to the brutality and deprivation. I mean, I could get a day and a half's pleasure out of cleaning my watch. You know, think about cleaning my watch, and then the next day clean the watch, and then the following day think about having cleaned the watch. I thought about
6: all the Herb Albert records that I knew, and when when I would start one song, I knew when it ended, I knew what the beginning of the next one was, and I'd play them all in my mind, so I was actually listening to music. Pete Booker kept us all together with his leadership, kept the morale high. Commander
0: Booker encouraged the men to use an offensive hand gesture to get the best of their captors and to show the people back home they were resisting the only way they knew how.
3: You know, we have this
7: thing, and we're going to use it. Maybe you'd be adjusting your glasses or pointing to something, and uh, we used it rather quietly to begin with just to get the idea across. But then the North Koreans got their hands on a Time magazine article
0: explaining the gesture's true meaning, and all hell broke loose. It created what you all came to call hell. Describe what happened.
2: Well, in Hell Week, uh, the North Koreans uh, redoubled their efforts to make to punish people and to uh, be brutal, and they succeeded. They uh, uh, they really almost uh, killed me at that point in time with brutality, but uh, that included many people uh, beaten even with tuba force, if you can imagine. Uh. It brought loss of face on a grand scale to the North Koreans, and
1: they were angry, and they didn't hesitate. This time, they were
7: less cautious about hitting people in the face. They just came
3: down on us like a sledgehammer. The noise level during Hell Week was, was unbelievable.
7: I'd uh, be down there for some interrogation session alone, and you'd, you'd just shake from head to toe like shivers. They, they don't even have to touch you at that point. Uh, just anticipation
3: of what's coming. And all of a sudden, it just stopped. Everything just stopped.
0: Richard Nixon was elected president in November, and the Johnson administration had still not found
4: a solution to the Pueblo crisis. They really, at this point, were convinced that it was going to be a problem for the Nixon administration because they just weren't going to get to solve it. But in late November, a solution
0: was found, and it came from a suburban housewife, Eleanor Leonard. She was married to
4: James Leonard, a State Department official in charge of the Korea desk. She said, agree to sign the document the way they want it, but only if they will allow you first to publicly repudiate it. Immediately, the administration knew that was the answer.
1: I will sign the document to free the crew and only to free the crew.
4: And
0: on December 23rd, 1968, in the Korean DMZ, they signed an agreement to release the men precisely following Eleanor Leonard's plan. A short while later, and 11 months after their capture, the men of the Pueblo finally tasted freedom again. They were released one by one into South Korea, crossing what's known as the Bridge of No Return.
2: It was wintertime. It was cold. They had the casket there with uh, Hodge's remains, and I identified him and walked on across that bridge, the first one. I remembered that story, The Tell-Tale Heart and Other Things, by Edgar Allan Poe, where you get buried alive, and it was just to me like uh, coming out of the goddamn grave. I was really, I, I can't tell you, I never thought I'd see that day. But uh, we got out of there. <coughs> and and, and we, got the, we got that whole crew out. And that meant a lot to me. And I was the next to the last guy to go across.
1: And as I looked over that uh, dry, barren, riverbed with snow flurries in the air and an overcast sky, I just felt this weird transition taking place, uh,
6: going from a land of slavery to a land of freedom. Yeah, they took us into a mess hall there, and uh, had chicken noodle soup and a ha- half a ham sandwich. I'll never forget it. And nothing ever tasted so good. After a quick checkup
0: in a military hospital and more food, the men and the body of their fallen crewmate Dwayne Hodges were flown to San Diego's Miramar Naval Air Station on C-141
8: starlifters. When we finally saw those planes getting ready to touch down, this was a, a moment that uh, uh, will be with me for the rest of my life. Christmas Eve Christmas Eve day. It was a great Christmas present. I felt like I'd been tied up in a big red ribbon and here I am. Yeah.
0: The men celebrated their freedom with their families, but their
8: joy was short-lived.
0: Because the Navy very quickly announced it would conduct a court of inquiry, an investigation of the incident.
4: For the public, they insisted that this was just a fact-finding mission, that this was a, a, an attempt to discover exactly what had happened so it wouldn't happen again.
0: When the five admirals convened the Court of Inquiry on January 20th, 1969, it appeared they had something else in mind.
7: We felt they were out to hang the whole thing on Commander Booker.
3: Because the last thing they wanted was the finger pointed at them that, that they were responsible for the ship being taken, the secrets being lost. The intelligence lost from the Pueblo incident was
0: disastrous for the U.S. We'll tell you how a Russian mole inside the Navy made it even worse next on War Stories.
2: I didn't want that to be the end of my career, uh, but in essence, I know it was.
0: The Court of Inquiry heard from 104 witnesses in 200 hours of hearings, before recommending court-martial for the ship's intelligence officer,
4: Steve Harris, and for Commander Booker. He was criticized for not resisting when he had the power to do so.
5: I personally believe that uh, the ship was not very well prepared to defend itself, not so much because the captain uh, wasn't prepared to defend himself and his crew, but because not enough attention had been spent to prepare it to defend itself.
0: Commander Booker was also cited for failing to completely destroy his classified materials, even though the Navy had rejected his request for the equipment to do so. And the intelligence loss was far worse than anyone realized at the time. Unbeknownst
4: to them, um, John Walker, a a naval officer uh, involved in communications and intelligence, had been secretly selling secrets to the Soviet Union starting in in late 1967.
0: The Soviets claimed Walker was able to provide them with new key lists for the KW-7 encryption equipment captured from the Pueblo. And that gave them access to top-secret Navy communications from 1968 until Walker's arrest 17 years later. His access to cryptographic material allowed us to read all U.S.
1: secret communications.
4: On its own, the Pueblo loss might not have been so serious, but combined with the Walker incident, it's certainly among, if not the most damaging case in the history of American intelligence.
0: Eventually, the Court of Inquiry's recommendations were reduced by the Navy's senior leadership. Then, on May 6, 1969, Navy Secretary John Chafee, decided against any discipline for the men, saying they'd suffered enough. As a result of the court of inquiry, uh, a good number of the crew were left with a sense that they had failed in their mission and that their country had failed them.
2: Yeah, that's right. Fair appraisal? Yes, sir, that's right, and it's, uh, it's still true to this day.
0: Well, if it means anything to you, When you were released, the Stars and Stripes carried the story. When you were taken, I was a midshipman. And when you were freed, I was on the DMZ in Vietnam, and we all cheered. Thank you, sir. Some, including the former vice chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, himself a Navy Admiral, believe the Navy should correct the record.
5: I have a lot of sympathy for them. I have a lot of... uh belief that uh, we should do something on the record uh, to make this uh, event uh, go away for them to recognize the, the uh, good man who did serve on Pueblo and to bring it in, in the context of the way we would treat a similar incident today.
0: Coming up, we'll take you on board the Pueblo in North Korea for a never-before-seen tour of the ship and tell you about new efforts to bring her home where she belongs.
5: It is a piece of sovereign American territory being held hostage by the North Koreans. The Pueblo remains in the hands
0: of Communist North Korea, even though the ship is still on the active roster of U.S. Navy vessels. War Stories has obtained exclusive footage of the ship in North Korea, which documents how it is still used as a propaganda tool 33 years after its seizure. A North Korean officer claiming to be one of the boarding party during the incident is now a tour guide on the ship. Yeah, I Holes from the cannon and machine gun fire are clearly visible. Uh, oh, low deck, films made of our men in captivity still play. Of the I showed some of this footage to Commander Booker. This is all inside the intelligence space. Yes, that's right.
2: Ship. that's right.
0: They're going up on your bridge.
2: Yeah, this is in the pilot house. Now they're going... We were up above the that damage uh, on the wheel. when the attack uh, the, came.
0: Commander, what do you think ought to happen to the
2: USS Pueblo now? Well, I think this country should demand its return before they give them a single another bushel of wheat.
0: The men of the Pueblo see each other every few years at their reunions and stay in close touch by phone and email. The Pueblo crew and others are hopeful that the Bush administration will pursue the ship's return.
5: I think it does warrant some attention by the administration at the right level of diplomacy.
0: North Korea's ambassador to the United Nations refused a request to speak with us, but an official at the mission did send Fox this fax. To this day, they maintain their strident tone over the incident, saying, quote, if the U.S. forgets a lesson from the Pueblo and implements a policy of force in the Korean peninsula the whole of American territory will be a trophy of the Democratic People's Republic of Korea. It's just one more thorn in the side of the Pueblo's crew, most of whom believe their honor remains in question.
6: I don't want a medal. I just want them to say you guys did as good a job as you could, and we appreciate it. That's all I want.
0: The men of the USS Pueblo risked their lives to preserve our nation's security. One of them paid with his life. All of them suffered. For more than three decades, they've lived under a cloud of suspicion that somehow they failed in their mission. Now they want nothing more than for that cloud to be lifted and to see the Pueblo back home where she belongs, flying the Stars and Stripes once again. Theirs is a war story that deserved to be told. I'm Oliver North for War Stories, good night.